everyone, and welcome to I Am Not Okay with Day. I am your host, Day, <laughs> and today we have a special episode. Will I say every episode is special? Probably. <laughs> no, but today I'm very excited because I have two of my besties joining me where we are going to have a really important conversation about conflict resolution. So join me, my bestie Fee, and my other bestie Annie as we get right into it. Let's go. Welcome Annie and Fee, my besties. I am so excited to have you guys here today. How are you guys feeling? I am feeling great. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm feeling super, super excited to be joining my bestie on her podcast. I'm so excited. Okay, so we're just going to dive right in, y'all. We're going to dive right in with our some type of way segment and I'll go first. So I'm going to be real y'all doing this podcast and trying to set this episode up with the mic situation was a challenge. So this is my first time doing a podcast with my guests in person. Thankfully, we were able to get together, me, Fee and Annie. It's been an awesome weekend, but... Trying to figure out this whole mic situation out was so, so frustrating. It took me hours. And at this present moment, I'm trying real hard to be in a good mood because it took a little long. (laughs) So that made me feel some type of way today. What about you guys? So this is, you know, a little personal, which I guess is the premise of the podcast, Uh, but mm-hmm. I am feeling some type of way about trying on the pants with you and one of them not fitting. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just reminds me that I'm creeping into 30 with some extra pounds. And, you know, it ultimately it is okay. And I will be okay but I have to find a way to get there. And so it's just getting to that place of acceptance and and loving my body throughout all of the trials and tribulations. Love that for you. I can't wait till you get to that place where you have embraced all the changes in your body. What about you, Fee? So I'm sitting here trying to figure out which type of way moment I want to share because <laughs> like over, many. This, over this weekend, honey, I've had so many some type of ways. Um, and so I guess I'll go with um, one that's just kind of been like really like a trigger for me, mm-hmm. if you if you will. Um, so I've been married almost three years and... My some type of way, me feeling some type of way is I am sick of people trying to put expectations on me about when I am going to expand my family. God, you better say that. You know, like, mm. or you just that whole feeling of, well, you guys been married for some time now. Mm. When are you going to pop out some kids? When we are ready, okay? okay. Preach. Like, come on. And I think, like, what couples with that is just, like, seeing on social media that, you know, somebody else is pregnant. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, 
really got me feeling some type of way. Okay. I feel that. We need to end this whole, like, asking people when they're going to have babies, first of all. Inappropriate. Not cool. Inappropriate. That needs to stop in 2021, honey. Okay. We need to start doing better. And this whole pressure, I hate that because it's like everybody has different lives that's unique to them and no one knows what you're going through. And then having these assumptions, it's just not okay. I'm so sorry, girl. But I'm here for you putting them in their place. Okay? Okay. So just piggybacking off of what you said, you know, um, people are pressuring with those questions of when you're going to expand your family. I'm out here trying to find my soulmate to even have that nuclear bond with. And I've certainly loved and lost... And whoever said that, you know, what is the saying? It's better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all. That's mm-hmm. a damn lie. I'm sorry. Just <laughs> um, <to> better, no. <laughs> but it's like, you know, we do these things where we scroll on social media and we compare ourselves to all of these people who, you know, for me, I tend to compare myself to people who are in relationships. Um, mm-hmm. I'm in grad school now, and I'm in my late 20s, so people are have certainly been pairing off and, 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 and forming their little families or getting engaged or, you know, and I, I'm reminded of the fact that I'm still here and I'm alone, and yes, I know it's okay, but sometimes it doesn't feel okay. Yeah, and I, like... Just what you said, I think sometimes we I think sometimes we punish ourselves mm-hmm. for not meeting the expectations of someone else. Um, that we kind of like we go through and we scroll through social media and we see, you know, people getting engaged in, you know, for your case or people announcing their pregnancy in my case or whatever the case may be. And, you know, like we scroll, we scroll, we scroll, and it's like we punish ourselves by saying Dang, man, I wish, you know, I could be or I wish that, you know, I was in the situation or I wish I had, you know, was pregnant or I wish that, you know, or whatever the wish that was. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we sometimes put that burden on ourselves where, you know, I'm, I'm studying right now in worship um, God's timing and how there is a time for everything. So, yeah, you might not want to hear that this may be your time of signal, singleness or this may be my time of just focusing on my husband and I or, you know, whatever the case may be. But there's a time and season for everything that I'm, you know, that's what I'm learning as I'm studying God's word. Mm-hmm. But um, when it's time for whatever you want to, you know, to come into play, it's going to be like the best timing because it's going to be God's perfect timing. So, yeah, there is like, okay, you want to wish that all these things were happening at this exact moment. Um, But on the other hand, it's like, man, it's not my time yet. But when is my time? It's going to be the best thing ever. And you know what, too? Like, what I'm learning is just y'all from my example, because y'all know the deal. What people put out there on social media is just not the reality. Right. Like, people are going to put out their best 
everything and they're not going to put when they're having the fights with their husband or their significant other or if the or if the relationship is a toxic relationship or not we're seeing happy smiles and that bling but we don't even really know what's going on on the inside so you know doing that whole comparison thing i do it too so i'm not even gonna say like there's no judgment there but at the end of the day i have to remind myself remind myself too like i don't know what's going on you know but what i do want to say is we have to stop putting our expectations on other people right and we need to realize that we're living in a different time so I'm so tired of the goal always being like oh we need to have a spouse especially now that I'm without a spouse the way I feel right now like your girl's not trying to have nobody okay (laughs) I feel like I'm good with being single for the rest of my life really and I'll be talking to certain people too and they'll be like don't worry like you're gonna find somebody it's gonna be okay and it's just like i'm not trying to find nobody Mm -hmm. can i just be by myself like you remember that um rihanna interview have you ever seen it when she yes when they asked her um if she has like what is she looking for in a man she said i'm not looking for how about that okay (laughs) i was like girl yes i'm not looking for no man um, there's also, I love Rihanna, so I mean, I was going to win that pop quiz, but there's also, I don't remember if it was Rihanna or if it was someone else, but there's this clip on YouTube where it shows female celebrities being asked that question. Yes. Like asking questions about relationships right? versus and men, like the male actors not being asked about their personal lives. Like yeah. That. That's another thing I, too. I think, I think there's, it's like a double standard it because is. when it comes to women, people expect women, women to, you know, be the wife, be the mother, be the, uh, you know, helpmate. Um, cook, clean, Mm -hmm. help kids with homework, whatever the situation may be. But for men, it's always, oh, he's the bachelor. Mm -hmm. You know, he's bringing Sally in this week and then Susie next week. And that seems to be okay. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like the expectation of them not being ready for marriage is okay. Right. But then you have like when, you know, little girls are growing up. Okay. Okay, so I've got a kitchen set when I was a child right um the babies i got the babies mm. you know like we were taught almost we were programmed yeah exactly from the beginning to be of time responsible to be, to be responsible to mm. have other people for other people and exactly way, and in a way it's a weird cycle where it's like society feels i think people in society feel as if they own women okay um, say that in the sense that you know I don't have to respect this person's private life. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm entitled to ask her mm. if she's pregnant. Right. When she's going to be pregnant. Or when is she going to find her A man? husband. Mm-hmm. You know? Or, you know, it, and it's like that person could be... A, that person could just not want kids. B, they could be not interested in men. They could be... A lesbian or they could be you know non-gender conforming or what mm-hmm. have you they could be really any anything and as long as we express femininity that femininity often gets like put in this box mm-hmm. and people are trying to categorize you are you a virgin are you a spinster are you a wife are you right 
all of those things. Exactly. I love that you said about ownership. I think that's exactly it. It's like this audacity that you somehow own me and are entitled. Right. (laughs) And you're entitled. Zach Campbell. (laughs) (laughs) We were just watching Zachary today. Yeah. You have this entitlement to my life and my decisions. Like, no. Yeah. It's just unacceptable and it needs to end immediately. Agreed. Okay. So... On to the topic at hand today, we are going to be talking about conflict resolution and how we deal with conflict. And so the reason I decided to do that with you guys is because the other day I was thinking about, I knew I was going to come here and I wanted to do the podcast with you guys. And I was thinking, hmm, what can we talk about? And I thought it's very relevant for us to talk about this because we recently had our own friendship conflict that we had to have our little family meeting and sit down and deal with. And I thought this is the perfect topic for us because it's something that we are dealing with. We just um, sat back and talked about. And I think it's something that a lot of people actually um, are going through. I think it will be really helpful to dive in into our own ways of dealing with conflict and kind of talk about how that has um, transferred into our friendship and just on an individual basis. So let's start with our first question, which is how would you guys say you've dealt with conflict in the past? By running away. Um, There's a Jamaican saying, I don't know if it's Jamaican or or West Indian in general, but my mom used to say to me, my man who fight and run away live to fight another day. And mm. I would just be that person that would just run away. Or if I knew that someone had a problem with me, even if it was, oh, this person doesn't like you. It was always this like shot to the heart. Like, how can this be? No. Um, so I would say I was definitely allergic to conflict. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What about you, Fee? So, um, I guess very similar to what Annie was saying, um, that like I, in the past I have, um, shied away from conflict and I think confrontation in the past really, I always put like a negative connotation with it so I mean even like some type of some conflict is good conflict and you need to have that problem um, and solution but um, I just hear the word conflict in the past um, or confrontation I immediately think this is negative and like you Chrisanne I am a people pleaser so if someone didn't like me or someone didn't like what I said it would be like the end of the world to me. Like, why don't they like me? Or why is it that I'm having this issue with this person? Why is this person having an issue with me? I'm a very likable person. Um, so I think with conflict in the past, I've really tried to shy away from it. And then I, I think also too, when I think of conflict, I think of like arguing mm-hmm. and growing up, my brother and I would argue all the time. We're a year apart. So we would argue all the time. And my mom hated it. 
okay? So you know your parents, they argue. Um, growing up for me, it was, they did such a good job of not allowing us to hear them disagree um, in a manner of like yelling or anything like that. So I guess for me in the past, it's always been trying to avoid getting to that, that spot of arguing or going mm -hmm. back and forth um, to express myself. Yeah. I think I would just kind of like, all right, you got it, you win. Whatever mm -hmm. you want to do is fine. I'll just, in my mind, I will be cussing you out, basically. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So I think that's how I've, I mean, you know, just how I've handled conflict in the past, you know, go with the flow, whatever. I don't want to rock the boat. Um, but I'll be mad all in my head and in my face, it, you will see that I'm upset. But I would lie through my teeth and say, no, I'm fine. I'm okay. Everything's good. But that obviously was not the case. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to hop off of that and say I would do the same thing. Like, I would probably just be cursing this person out in my head. And I don't even know if I, I don't know if, if, I, if I did the I'm fine thing. But I would probably say, like, something like, ugh. Like just a little grunt, and then and then crawl away into my corner. But I think a lot of it has to do with the environment that we're raised in. Mm -hmm. We're gonna come right back to that. So I just want to um, put this out there. So we all met in college. Yes. And I remember our my first encounter with Annie. I was like very nervous because I'd never met her before. I didn't know who she was. Um, and she was my sweet mate. And I remember, you know, trying to kind of like avoid conflict mm -hmm. by having like this whole bathroom schedule of like <laughs> who's cleaning. You guys remember that? Oh my gosh. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So backstory. So Annie and me, we were roommates. And then Fee had a roommate and we all shared a bathroom. And we had a bathroom schedule. Okay, continue. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> I, you know, to try to avoid conflict and try to, you know, be peaceful from the jump before there was any drama because, you know, before going to college, I heard that people, girls, girls are nasty, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> Make sure you clean, da-da-da. You know, like, you know, your mom gives you, yeah. you know, practice good hygiene at home. But, you know, people don't be listening to their mamas once they go out on their own. Okay. But that's besides the point. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I was going into the room and through the bathroom to the connecting room and I knocked on the door and, and Annie was the first person that I saw. And I was like, I typed it up, I printed it out and I was like, okay, so here's the bathroom schedule, you know, to make sure that we're following the guidelines of, you know, our hallway. Cause we were on like honors wing. Yeah. So, you know, just to follow the guidelines of what we had to do, you know, for cleanliness check. Mm-hmm. And Annie was like, I got it. Like, the bathroom will be clean. I'm not a dirty person. Um, it will be cleaned, and your schedule's fine. And <laughs> I don't even remember this. Oh. How I didn't know this. Girl, I was like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was trying to be reassuring. Yeah, it wasn't. I'm going <laughs> to let you know. I was like, oh, my gosh. My roommate is, like, already giving me bad vibes, and now I have... This sweet mate that's, no. like, give me, like, hella bad vibes. I'm just, like, the Wicked Witch of the West. Like, so I'm wait, dealing you, with. you met Annie first before me? I don't even yeah, remember. Like, because it was the first, like, Friday 
or like uh-huh. maybe like going into that first Friday. Yeah. And she was the first person that I ran into as I was doing the like trying to be like, you know, proactive. Right. <laughs> and yeah, she came like real hard in the paint about being clean in the bathroom. And so I was just like, oh, okay, one of those. Stay away. No, but making sure that I don't step on your toes to upset you. That's really like, that's the kind of vibe I got. But you know what, though, Annie? You were kind of stale back in the day. You were not approachable. I was not even trying to be like You weren't trying to be, but you were just not. Yeah. I was just trying to be blunt and straightforward, like, oh, for me, I remember, because for me, when I saw that, I was just thinking, okay, this person wants her, this is the schedule, da-da-da-da, I'm going to let her know that, yes, I see um, that this is the schedule and I'm going and I'm willing to comply. Well. That is so funny. <laughs> that's just, that's, that's literally what that I was thinking. <laughs> that's funny that it didn't come off that way. And it's so funny because, <laughs> Chrisanne, I remember, I remember... Us, we were getting mad at y'all for the bathroom. Maybe uh, not. It I don't, I don't think it, it was wasn't me. It, it was, was my nasty somebody roommate. Else. Oh, look, no, girl. girl. Look, a spade is a spade. We gotta call it like it is. We were not happy when she was responsible for cleaning the bathroom. It was not. Yeah. I remember, Chrisanne, you would even go in there and clean it again. I remember. <laughs> I remember doing that. Okay, I, but that's besides the point. Any, anyway. Um, yeah. So basically, y'all both avoided <laughs> conflict, and then Yuffie, you were a terrible actress, and you thought you was fooling everybody, but yeah. you were. You were not. You were fooling no one. No one. Oh, God. There were times where you would be mad at me, and I just felt it in my soul. It was obvious. In my soul. Like I said, guys, <laughs> I wear my emotions on my face. Right. Okay? You do. You do. And I can't even fake the funk, you even can. if I try. <laughs> well, how did I deal with conflict? I, you guys, this is really interesting because as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, hmm, this is going to sound weird, but the truth of the matter is I did not have a lot of conflict in my life, like in my friendships with my parents. Now I had a lot of conflict in my relationship and that's when I learned how I dealt with conflict because the truth of the matter is it doesn't make any sense, but like with my friends growing up, I really, we were just cool. Like I, I can't remember like getting into arguments with my friends where we had to be like dealing with things like that. Like I just feel like it was pretty smooth sailing, honestly. It sounds really crazy, but it was very smooth sailing. Obviously when you're a kid, like when you're real, real small, it's like you just cuss and yell and you say whatever you need to say and then you just move on. Mm-hmm. That's how I used to be as like a kid kid. But once I became a teenager and stuff like that, I really didn't have that much conflict to deal with. But it wasn't until I got into my relationship that I realized I'm not really good at dealing with this either. Because you know what? You know how I used to be. I used to be the person to be like, listen, if that was me, I would have done this. I would have done this. How could you do How could you put up with this? I would never put up with this. I would have done this. I was that person that was always like, I would do this. I would do this. But I was never in the situation to actually be doing it. So I was telling everybody, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. But I never actually did any of it. You know, I was a talker. That's my thing. <laughs> I was. I talked the talk and did not walk the walk. <laughs> okay. But then, as I said, I got into a relationship. And, you know, when you're in a relationship, that's the person that's closest to you, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then when you're in a relationship that you're trying to keep, 
and maintain, you know, when you get into fights, like you're trying to figure out how to make it work. I would be like you though, Fee. Honestly, I would be passive aggressive. That's how I used to do it in the relationship. I used to be like mad on the inside, but I wouldn't say anything. And it wasn't, it wasn't because I'm a people pleaser. It was because I didn't know how to say like how I felt Mm -hmm. in a way that would not hurt the other person's feelings, you know, yeah. or would get the message across. Yeah. So I would be in my head and I'd be like thinking all these things. I'd be so mad. And then I'd be like, I'm going to be petty. I'm not going to talk to him. I'm going to see if he notices, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to do Same. all these things. So because he better notice, he better. And then guess what? He would never notice. And you're punishing yourself. <laughs> punishing myself. I'd be so mad. So you know what I would do though? I would just be so mad on the inside, say nothing. I would expect him to do things he wouldn't, and then I would get even more mad, and then I would just blow up. Like, how I used to do with conflict, <laughs> I would just blow up. Like, eventually, mm-hmm. it wouldn't It wouldn't even be like, okay, you know what? Da-da-da-da. It wouldn't even be like, it would just be like, <laughs> it would be like, <laughs> he did a small little thing. Like, he just, he didn't put the cover back on, the lid back on the, the, the bottom. Like, why didn't you do that? And then every, well, you know what? Last week, you didn't do that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and that's how I did it. It was not good. And then the worst part about it is I remember when we used to get into fights, he would be like trying to talk things through. He would be like, you know, wanting to work it out in the moment. But my thing is I could not process my feelings at the time. Like I needed some time. And that's another reason why I would keep things to myself because I'm like, okay, I need to make sure that when I say this, Mm -hmm. you understand what I'm saying. And I'm not like stumbling over my words. Because you know how it is, like you be mad and then like nothing makes sense out of your mouth. So I would be like, okay, he did this and I'm really mad at this. But if I say this in this moment, it's it's not going to come across. So let me think about it and figure out how I feel. And then he would be like, Tell me how you feel right now. Like, try to work it out. I'd be like, no, because I need time. And I would just shut down. I would say mm-hmm. nothing, and I would shut down. Then he would get mad. But then he would go about his way, calm down. Days later, I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> and then go all the way in. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Not good. Not no. good. Um, and I didn't realize how unhealthy my ways of of dealing with conflict was until that relationship. And mm-hmm. it was actually the only relationship that I had where the conflict was like this bad Mm. you know Mm. I don't know why that is I think that's something I have to continue to like process but there it is which kind of brings me into the next question just thinking about why do we do the things that we do we all know it all starts from childhood Annie you just said that earlier everything starts from when you're a kid how do you feel your childhood impacted the way that you handled conflict back then? I think for me, um, growing up, you know, I grew up in a really strict Caribbean household, a strict religious Caribbean household. And as a kid, you just, you know, the parents is, is right and you do what they say and if you don't like it, that doesn't really matter and and you know you you comply and so you're you you know there's this like um this jamaican saying you're too brazen (laughs) 
you know, <laughs> you can't be brazen. You can't be. Explain for the people what brazen means for all who don't know. So brazen is like when when you have the audacity to do something. It's literally a synonym, audacious mm-hmm. or brazen. It's like almost like, you know, somebody who just belches loudly in, in at the dinner table with, with the president. And I'm not talking about this president, but just a presidential figure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, I, at the time that it, this comes out, we're going to have a new president. This is true. So it's like, <laughs> how about this? Let's say you were eating dinner with the queen. Okay. And you just let out the biggest belch that you could. It's like... That's brazen. Like that mm-hmm. person's brave. They're that they're bold. The audacity of that person to do that. Yeah. So um speaking out of turn was certainly not it was it was not not frowned upon. Um you know, talking talking back or not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um or and to some degree expressing yourself you're not really allowed to express how you feel because what matters is that you're doing what mommy and daddy want you to do that you're behaving well that you're being a good little girl or a good little boy and uh, oftentimes in caribbean households that means compliance and so you learn to stuff all of your emotions inside and that energy has to go somewhere so mm-hmm. it it just goes somewhere and it might be being passive aggressive or it might be punching a pillow or something but you can't take it out on them so you have to take it out on it, it in some way Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is back in the day when you would feel upset about something in your household with your parents or something, you never really were able to express that. So you learned to keep that in so that when any issue came up, it was just let me keep it all in because I'm not necessarily allowed to even exactly. say whatever. Or at least I didn't know I was allowed to mm-hmm. um, because I, I think now they they would say, of course you are allowed to, but, uh, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. was I really? Right, <laughs> right. What about you, Fee? Yeah, so for me, I think growing up, um, like I mentioned, I didn't really hear my parents argue. I mean, yeah, you know, you saw the, the conflict, you mm-hmm. saw it, you know, or them trying to, they, it's okay to disagree. Um. But like my brother and I, like I said, we we are a year apart. And so we did a lot of arguing, a lot of fighting. Uh, Yeah, guys, I was a fighter back in my day. No, I'm joking. Like a physical fighter? (laughs) I mean, there were some times where like I really wanted to punch my brother. Did you actually punch your brother? No. (laughs) No. You had a lot of pent up anger. I did. I did. And I think that's because... My sister is eight years older, mm-hmm. so by the time, you know, I was like eight, she was, you know, high school, getting ready to go off to college. So um, I was almost like, you're the oldest, and a lot of that responsibility of the oldest was placed on me. 
um, as far as like if I got into an argument argument with my brother, it was stop talking like that to your brother. You only got one of those. It's you two, you two against the world. But I'm like sometimes like he would initiate stuff, mm-hmm. but I would be the one that would have that would be held responsible for um, for us having that disagreement or us getting into an argument. So I think for me growing up or, you know, just, I guess, like, going back to your first question almost mm-hmm. is in the past, like, trying to be responsible for other people's, you know, response. Mm-hmm. I think I felt that growing up. So when it comes to, like, conflict, it's, you know, I try to, like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to have, you know, or, like, try to be responsible for somebody else's feelings. Right. Um, you took it on so much as a kid that you didn't want to take it on anymore. Well, I think it kind of lingered as an as a as I grew up as far as like I don't want to be responsible. So like I try to avoid mm-hmm. the conflict altogether if that makes yeah. sense. Mhm. Mhm. So I think also with with that trauma of my dad dying um when my brother and I were I was 13, so he was 12. Um, it, it felt like my mom and my brother were against mm. me as I felt like I was an outsider cause I did not have my dad to kind of like stick up for me on my side. Mm. So I was, I, it was a lot of, it's just you and your brother. Stop arguing with him. Stop fighting with him. And it kind of just like, where, like where, who's fighting for me? And so I think like with that, that trauma, um, yeah, it caused us to, like, kind of, you know, grow closer in our relationship with my brother. But I always felt like no one understood my perspective. And so I think another reason why I kind of avoid conflict is nobody will ever understand mm-hmm. my side of my point of view, my perspective of it. So why bother? Mm-hmm. So was your dad that person who did understand your point of view back then? When he was around? Well, you know, just looking back, my dad was always like that cool, calm, collected person. Mm. My mom was more of like the hype person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My dad could be that, but he was more of like the peacemaker, um, you know, the the calm and within the middle of the storm. Mm-hmm. Like he was that person. Um, and I felt like I didn't have that person, that, that peaceful calm that would just you know be quiet and just listen to how I felt you know I I remember a situation where I liked this little boy growing up and I was so devastated uh that he liked somebody else Mm -hmm. and I I didn't feel comfortable talking to my mom about it and I sat and talked to my dad about it and I was you know 11 10 whatever mm-hmm. and my dad just sat and listened and just you know rubbed my shoulder and like ah oh, it's okay there'll be plenty of boys don't worry about it and I think that kind of that situation just kind of like oh I can talk to my dad and, and yeah. once he died I'd feel like I didn't have that right and so it kind of just solidified the mm, the avoid conflict there's 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 no need to express how you feel mm-hmm. 
um, to a certain extent. Right. Right, because you, it sounds like you had your dad to validate how you felt. Like, you, for a long time, I guess, with a conflict with your brother, you probably didn't feel like, like you said, like, no one understands. And dad was there to be like, yeah, like, I get it, you know? Mm-hmm. Make you feel like, yeah, you have every right to feel how you feel. Yeah. I, and I think that, like, that's so important. I think um, sometimes I, parents don't understand, like, their influences, uh, their influence, rather, in their children's lives, mm-hmm. it lasts for a lifetime. Yeah. You know, and just, like, thinking about that, that one little situation. I mean, there was so many I could think of where my dad was, like, the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's just like, ugh, I don't have that. So, to a certain extent, I felt like I, cu- I couldn't express myself. Um, or I would get in trouble for expressing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I think, as a child, I started journaling after my dad died. Yeah. Where, like, I couldn't say to my mom how I felt about what was happening between my brother and I or between um, my mom and, you know, just between the two of us, I feel like I didn't have a voice. And so I would write things down. You know, nobody read the journal. But I think that was a way for me to kind of point that, uh, put things in writing. So can I just mention this too? Just Mm -hmm. thinking about like growing up, like I know earlier, Annie, you and I were talking about, or was that you? Hmm. I don't know. (laughs) We were talking about disappointment. Who was that with? It was all of us. It was all of us? Okay. Say more. Say more. Okay. Let me see if I remember. Whatever. (laughs) But um, we were talking about disappointment. I know we were talking. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yes. It was all of us. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, just, you know, that moment just took me back to growing up. I I avoided conflict. Like if I made my mom mad, you know, uh, she's mad. She'll get over it. Whatever. Mm -hmm. When I disappointed my mom. I, as a little girl, I remember, like, I could not go and say, Mommy, I'm sorry. Like, it just, you know, it was so hard. So I would put things in writing. Like, I would write Mommy a letter. Mommy, I'm so sorry um, that I disappointed you. As a little girl, I remember writing letters and then, like, sliding them under Mm. my parents' bedroom door or leaving it on her side of the bed and kind of just going to my room and hopefully she'll read it and come talk to me. But, um... I think, like, that has affected, you know, how I deal with conflict now. Like I said, journaling, yeah. writing things down. Um, because I think you mentioned about, like, processing. Mm-hmm. I, I take a lot of time to process. And writing things down, it helps me to process. Because right. in that moment, I may not have the words to say, in, you know, if I am approached with conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, but writing it down, I think, definitely helps. Yeah. That's a healthy yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For me, it's interesting because... Like you, my parents didn't really argue in front of me. They kind of kept a lot of things away from me. So I, like I would say here and there, like, you know, random, like, Mm -hmm. you would know that something was off, but not like, I never saw them mad at each other really, or how they dealt with any kind of disagreements. I didn't know how they did that. So I think that, especially regarding the relationship, because that's the place I had the most conflict, I didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't know how to even argue, how to have disagreements, how to confront the person when you had disagreements because I just didn't see that. And I mean, my parents, I know they were trying to protect me. You know, they're trying to not have me involved in grown people stuff like Mm -hmm. they always say. Yeah. But 
But not seeing that, it didn't really help because yeah. I didn't know what to do still, you know? Um, and I think that's that goes a lot with even, like, parenting in these days, talking a lot about, like, modeling, mm -hmm. showing your kids when you're upset, showing them when you're going through whatever so that they can and know what to how, do. How to deal How these. to deal with it because, mm -hmm. honestly, it's like you teach people by the things that you do that you don't even realize and by the things that you don't do. Right. You know? And so that that was it for me. I really did not see any anything. And it wasn't until I became an adult that I was able to talk to my mom and my dad and find out, like, how they dealt with stuff, you know? And I was like, what? But <laughs> I just didn't know, you know? Um, I kind of want to come to now because we kind of talked a little bit about back then yeah. and I want to bring it to now. So I'm just going to share our little tiff that we had. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so recently we were um, having a call. Like we always do our FaceTime calls and what were we talking about? Annie said something that made Fee upset. Yeah. And in the moment, I mean, I saw Fee's face. I was like, I knew that she was I not happy. I saw it too. Yeah. And she just shut down immediately. And then she was like, I'm going to call you back. <laughs> she came off the call. I was with Annie. I was like, oh, she is not happy. And then, you know, we were there kind of just talking. And then Fee came back and she was like, listen, I have something to say. <laughs> <laughs> and then she just proceeded to say her piece. Yeah. And then she said, I'm done talking. Goodbye. <laughs> Definitely quote my mom on that one. <laughs> no, but then... I think it was like later on or the next day or something. Yeah, I think you, like maybe two days later. Yeah, you sent us a message and you were like, guys, I think that we need to have like a family meeting mm -hmm. so we can talk about what happened. Mm -hmm. And then we proceeded to have a family meeting where we talked about, you know, the issues that we've been dealing with and what we've been holding on to and how we can better do our friendship. in the future. Exactly. Yeah. So do you guys want to talk a little bit about just like how our ways of conflict kind of bled into our friendship and how that evolves throughout the years in our friendship? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, and I, I told the girls this, uh, you know, like you kind of, once you're in a relationship, a friendship, whatever the, the, the case may be, you kind of find yourself, you know, finding a mole or role that you fit into and just kind of like sticking to that one role uh, and you try not to deviate because you don't want to cause conflict, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I, oh, well, let me not just say for anybody, but let me just say for me. I didn't want to cause conflict. And um, so with that, I would just kind of like let things just happen without saying anything. Um, but over like the last year and a half, I've been learning that it's okay to say how I feel. Um, and to like, as I told the girls to give my, my feelings a voice. Um, and I think that's just so powerful when people are able to, well, for me, let me not say people, when I'm able to express how I feel, um, in a way that I, you know, I feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I think like having, um, my, my best friends, I felt uncomfortable 
you know, I didn't want to hurt their feelings. Right. And so I would kind of just sit back and just, you know, okay, well, you know, she going to do that and whatever. I'm going to just, but in my mind, I'm mad as hell about mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? And just holding on to things. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I think, you know, just being able to give voice to a feelings is, is so empower is so empowering for me. Um, where, you know, I couldn't, I can say how I feel. And I think that it was easier to, to give my voice of feelings, like with my mom or with my sister, because I know they're going to love me regardless. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I was afraid of how my best friends would respond to what I said and how I said it. And, and just going back to like what you said, Dania, um, like I, I was upset. And the normal fee or back in the day fee would have just been quiet and just kind of let the conversation keep moving on Mm -hmm. without saying what I needed to say. But, you know, as I said, like just this whole year and a half of, you know, counseling and y'all counseling is not a bad thing in the black community. Okay. You can have Jesus and a counselor and a therapist. Okay. It's okay. Let's say that. Um, Let's normalize these these things in our community but anyway yes. um with my therapist we were we've been talking and practicing okay like setting boundaries and when and letting people know when they have crossed your boundary mm-hmm. and in that moment um i was hot and i was like no i'm not about to stick to the status quo of letting this continue to happen the cycle of me not speaking up mm-hmm. let me put some of the things that my therapist has been helping me to realize into practice. Right. Um, and so I said, okay, guys, I need a moment and I'll call you back. And so in that moment, I took uh, the time to like kind of process what I wanted to say. Um, and I think that's very, you know, that's a good thing to do to, to process because I love these girls. I don't want to hurt them, but I can't jeopardize my feelings of, not wanting to hurt them in- intentionally, I am hurting myself mm-hmm. because I'm letting things happen that I don't like. And, um, you know, I processed what I wanted to say. And when I was ready, I called them back, just like Daniel said. And I expressed like, okay, this is what I did not like. And I'm done. And I felt so much better Yeah. once I kind of just like released what I was feeling um, in that moment, but then it triggered like, girl, we got more issues that you've been like, just sitting on top of not dealing with because you don't like conflict. And I'm learning in therapy that conflict or confrontation is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad thing at all. And it's just the way that you handle it. Like you don't want to blow up. I think of like the characters from, you know, the movie Inside Out, the Mm -hmm. Disney movie. Mm -hmm. And I think of like the little red man, the angry man, Mm -hmm. like he got upset. He blew up. Right. You know what I mean? And that's not okay because we need a balance. So I think, you know, just being able to like express how you feel as you go along, it makes things so much easier. Yeah. And I think with me saying what I had to say that, that, that first day that we had our little talk, mm-hmm. um, it made it a lot easier when I had to express how I felt or had that the express how I've been feeling 
within our relationship as friends. So, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, you said something that I think, two things that I think are so important. One is that safety, because you said that you know that you can talk about this to your mom or your sister or whatever because they're going to love you unconditionally. You know that if you tell them the truth, that love for you isn't going to change. And I think as I even think about the conflict that I had in my relationship, that was a big part of it. I didn't express, I didn't feel the safety enough to say whatever because I didn't feel like if I say this, it it's not going to change how much this person loves me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when relationships, friendships can establish that. And that was something I really wanted to make sure that both of you guys knew when we had our talk. Like, listen, we're family at this point. Like, right. we're not we're not going anywhere. So there's nothing that you can say or do that's going to make me be like, bye. I'm not trying to be here no more. That's not it. Like, where I'm in it for the long haul, I'm trying to keep us together. Exactly. So whatever issues that we have, like, don't feel like you can't say it because we're going to get mad or we're going to go or whatever. No, we're not. We're going to be here. And I think when relationships, friendships, everyone, when any kind of relationship has that safety, it's just so much easier to express whatever it is that you can express. Mm-hmm. And you also said something else um, that got me thinking You know, you have been working on yourself in therapy and just healing yourself with your own things for the past year and a half. And as you've been focusing on yourself in that way, as you've been growing, you're able to realize, you know, in all the ways in which maybe some of the unhealthy habits in the past has affected you. So in your own personal growth, now you're able to say, okay, I need to have boundaries because that's not that has not been working for me before and now mm-hmm. I need to do this. And I feel like with us in our friend group, that's exactly what's been able to keep us moving forward and keep us close still is that we all are going through a time of growth, like individual growth. Absolutely. You know? Um, when when we can grow on an individual basis and really focus on our own um personal issues you know it makes us so much stronger and especially when we're all trying like it's it's really hard to have a relationship with a person who is not trying and who is not growing because then one person's always giving and the other person's not but I genuinely feel like we are all trying to just do better Mm -hmm. and so we give each other the grace and the space to grow Mm -hmm. and to just like be free and say whatever it is that we need to say I think that that's a big piece of even how we're handling our stuff right now yeah I want to tie in you know what both of you Dania and um, Fee, what you're saying with, you know, from my perspective with what I said, which was I just blurted out some opinion that I had, um, which, I mean, when I think about it now, it was very insensitive, and um, so I want to validate you as you, um, as you mentioned this, but it's good to say how you feel because then you can let your friends surprise you, you know? If you don't say how it is, if you're not really validating yourself or sticking up for yourself by saying, hey, this is how I feel. Um, 
then the people who love you may or may not know how to give you what you need. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm really grateful that you were able to do that because I will tell you, you're, when you decide to not say anything, you're not hiding it from... <laughs> right. It's you're very not obvious. hiding it from us. <laughs> like, it, it's very... Um, it, it shows. And I think for me, because I struggle with depression, I only... If I'm not getting feedback... Well, it is feedback, of, you know, because a facial expression is still data mm-hmm. that you can use. But when I don't have, like, you know instructional feedback rather it tends to make me go into this spiral and then it completes it like kind of just spins into the cycle where it's like okay I said this thing oh my god oh my god I hate myself this is I'm the worst person ever and then I'll probably become more distant and then it's like okay this person said this thing and now they're off being distant and it's like it just turns into the cycle whereas when you come out and you say hey this is the tea this is the gag um don't do this do this then i can take that information and and i can you know and of course it hurts because in the past i am i would run away from conflict and i think i would make myself the victim and say oh my gosh you know, whatever. How could this person? Blah, blah. But then it's like you're just turning what the person said into, like you're not val, you're not validating the other person. Now you're just inval, continuing to be wrong and strong, and you're invalidating the other person because your ego wants you to be the victim. Whereas for me, and the place where I am at right now is, I can just sit and be present and 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 really be there with you and and take in everything that you have to say and without you know without making excuses of because there's always a reason you know but like without saying oh it was because this or oh it was because that or oh I felt like no like at the end of the day um when you really, really love someone, you're able to work with the boundaries instead of resisting them. And I think, you know, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back because I would say, and I think, you know, with the depression, you tend to be down on yourself. But I, I would say that I can give myself a pat on the back of I'm able to take that criticism and I'm able to um, to to look at the conflict and say yes I was wrong and I'm gonna do better by doing x y and z and so I think that that positive feedback loop turns into okay so now I have in my artillery you know I have in my toolbox things I can use to be a better friend and now I have that information and now I have yeah that skill set and so it's just really you know, for non-toxic friendships, which I would define our friendship as a non-toxic one, when there is conflict, you're able to have that conflict resolution and to sit in that uncomfortable space and to not put a band-aid on top of things, which is everyone trying to preserve, you know, whatever toxic symbiosis, but 
when you're able to actually um, really heal and reconstruct that and and build from there and then you'll have a stronger base so thank you for sharing Fifi <laughs> <laughs> and you know what Chrisanne you said something that I love which is that we when we share how we're feeling we give people the opportunity to surprise us because i feel like we do this a lot where we're in our heads like we just talked about this earlier today it's like we think oh if i say this okay the person's gonna think this and the first chain reaction exactly we already create in our head Mm -hmm. the whole scenario that's gonna happen and a lot of times like nine times out of ten it doesn't even happen that way like a lot of times we like how we were able to do it fee i'm sure you well you can probably say how did you feel when you saw the way that we responded when you said your piece honestly um i wasn't i wasn't looking at you the two of you like just being honest um i think i was just like trying to say what i had to say mm-hmm. um and like I said, I said what I said, and then I said I'm done talking. Right. Um, I wasn't trying to make eye contact. Uh, trying, I guess still avoiding conflict. Well, I mean, it was hard for you to express it at the time. So, yeah. So what you're saying is for you in that moment, it was just more important for you to be able to just let it out. Yeah. And Inst- instead it. of, like, looking at your facial re- right. reactions to what I'm saying. Mm-hmm, and because mm-hmm. I think I would have, I wouldn't have said what yeah. I said if I would have, saw, you know, looked paid attention because I really didn't because mm-hmm. I don't even think I had the phone maybe like here yeah. but I wasn't looking at uh, the phone I remember at all mm-hmm. um because well, I guess I, I wanted to, I didn't want to anticipate what like right. what you said like anticipate like okay how she's going to respond to this or you know whatever the case may be like I don't want to hurt her feelings but like what you said Annie about um giving the opportunity I think sometimes we like you said you as well Dania I created like my own response mm-hmm. to the situation. And it was not even like we like what we imagined is like like the worst possible scenario. And it's like when it plays out, I was like, man, bro, that wasn't even that deep. Right. That's what I mean to well, for you it was more like how you felt after you released it. But what I mean too, what I was saying initially is that like, at least in my own experience, when I shared with you guys certain things that was going on with me, Y'all responded so well, and it was like, see, why I didn't do that before? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, why did I wait so long? Because you guys did surprise me. And and ultimately, I, was, I shouldn't have been surprised because of who you guys are and because yeah. of the friendship that we have. Like, obviously, you were going to be as great as you were because there's never been any... You guys have never given me any reason to feel like, oh, you're not going to get it or you're going to respond in a certain way, you know? And so, yeah, I was more referring to that, I guess, my own personal experience. Like, mm-hmm. when we address things, you, you know, we were able to, you guys are able to take it and be exactly what I needed you guys to be. And I think when we had our conversation, like, when we eventually all talked it through, we were all able to say our piece. 
I feel like we were able to each understand where the other person was coming mm-hmm. from. At that point, we were able to, we had some days, so we were all kind of a lot calmer. And we were able to just really hear the other person out. And as you said, Annie, like, sit in that discomfort, mm-hmm. you know? And ultimately determine, okay, what are we going to do in the future? You know, how are we going to handle it in the future? Which brings me to our final question. Um, How do you guys want to go about dealing with individual conflict and conflict in our relationship as as friends in the future? I think, you know, with... Conflict resolution in the future, I think I see it as just taking in all of the information, all of the that data that we have from past and present, and just using that intentionally in every moment that we have with each other, you know. Um, and no, just knowing that we do love each other unconditionally and it is okay to express ourselves. I think because sometimes we've gotten into that space where it's like, oh, I don't know, like, I'm not sure. And you mentioned it, Dania. Um, You mentioned, you know, holding back because you weren't sure how we were going to respond. And I know uh, for you, Felicia, this was one of the few times that you've been able to just express how you felt, but uh, I was able to take that. And I think for me, I'm trying to just really be there for myself and um, being there for other people because it really does start with you. So I think just taking care of ourselves and, 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 and being kind to each other and really listening and being present, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to share, too, is that as I got older, dealing with conflict in a professional setting was a lot easier than dealing with it in, um, like, my personal life. But something that I learned, you know, I, I, as I said earlier, I always came, I, I've always come across as this person that's very confident and very, like, I'm going to do this. If, I, if I'm in this situation, I'm going to do this. I would have done that, right? Um, I would say last year specifically was the year that I had to confront a lot of things, even professionally. And I remember at work, there was some stuff going on that I did not like and that a lot of my coworkers also didn't like, but no one wanted to say anything about it. So I felt like, okay, Since I'm mad about it, I'm not just going to sit back and do nothing. But let me tell you, like, I was really afraid to say whatever I needed to say because obviously in a professional setting, you don't know how, what the repercussions are going to be if you say something against, you know, the people in the higher up. So I wrote an email and I was terrified, but I did it anyway. And then, you know, the CEO was like, she wanted to have a meeting with me. And I was so scared. But I said, to, I had to remind myself, this is the reason why you did this. 
let's just focus on the real reason why you decided to talk to these people and bring up these concerns and I had my time to process and think about what I wanted to say to her and I went and I had that conversation with her and I was very afraid but I did it anyway but the point of this the reason I'm bringing this up is because for me dealing with conflict now it is very scary and there's still a lot of like what if they do this or how are they going to react with this my whole mentality i would say just for 2021 and on is like we are scared but we're gonna do it anyway. yes you know absolutely. and i mean that's the whole purpose of this podcast you guys know how much i've been freaking out about doing this and i mean still there are like with every episode that I do, I get a little bit more comfortable. But at the same time, the closer the time gets to like the publishing of the episode, I'm like freaking out inside. And I'm just trying to remember, you know what? It's okay that you're scared. It's okay. And your feelings are valid. And yes, things, the worst case scenario might happen. And if it does, here's what we can do to handle it, you know? But I'm really trying to take on, you know, dealing with conflict and a lot of other things with that mentality of, if this is, let's remember why we're doing this in the first place. Like, let's remember the goal and the purpose. And even if I'm afraid, I'm going to do it anyways. And so that's really how I want to deal with conflict in the future, you know? Um, what about you, Fee? So, like, I'm ready to kick that door of conflict down um, moving forward. Um I think I'm excited about conflict in a sense, in a weird, you know, way. Like I wanna see conflict happen. And and not because of the negative connotation that I used to think that conflict um, was, but I'm ready to, you know, like you guys said, to like surprise myself, you know? Am I gonna be brave enough to give a voice to my feelings when situations happen? Um, you mentioned, Dania, about work situations. Uh, I've been placed in situations at work where I feel like I try to like, oh, I don't want to deal with it. But I'm like, now I'm like, nope, I can handle this. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, like it's not that bad. And that. so I think that's why I'm like, I use that analogy of like kicking that door down mm -hmm. because um I, I don't want to be afraid of conflict. I don't want to be afraid of the what ifs. The what ifs are going to come. The what ifs are going to, you know, they're going to be there. The how would this person respond is going to be there, whatever. But I think I need to stop thinking about other people and their responses and their feelings. Um, and, you know, worry about me. And, you know, not, not in a selfish way manner but you know to put my feelings first yes um i'm gonna use this quote from rupaul okay <laughs> if you can't love yourself mm. how in the hell are you gonna love anybody else okay you can i get an amen amen okay <laughs> like so that's my take on it i'm ready to kick that door down I okay it. i love it and i said earlier today i feel like all of us have this nature of we put everybody else before us and we are kicking that to the curb okay 2021 yes. we are prioritizing ourselves okay and there is nothing selfish about it like you said fee 
There is nothing wrong with doing that. And in fact, we need to do that in order to have healthy relationships with other people. We have to have a healthy relationship with ourselves first and foremost uh, before we can do that with anyone else. And so yes. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. We're doing better in 2021, okay? Okay. Even okay. if 2021 is 2020 2.0, okay? We are better. It is literally, <laughs> would you say 2020 2.0? Right. It, that's exactly what it, what this is. Right, but guess well, what? Well, you know but, what? I'm not claiming that. Yes. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not claiming 2.0 this you know year. What? You know it what I mean? It's just 2021. That's, ex- that's exactly what it is. Period. And, like, I feel like... With, I think, with our growth that we have experienced um, within, you know, 2020, we've gone through some major things in 2020. And I feel like right now, it's like, it's only going up from here. There's no looking back. There's no more hiding who we really are. It's be that person that God has designed you to be. Yes. Be that boss. You know what I mean? Be that entrepreneur. Be that scholar. You know what I mean? Like God has a divine calling on our lives and we can't sit back and hide under the rock. Mm. You know, the Bible says if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. And praise is, you know, what we do and what God has designed us to do. Like we have gifts and talents. And I'm going to pass it on to you, Anne. Okay, a word. We just heard a word, honey. We just got a word. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Okay. (laughs) Hallelujah. But yeah, I I would definitely say it all starts with ourselves. If you don't, what did you say RuPaul said? If you you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? (laughs) I love that. And there's another saying, if you don't love yourself, how in the hell can somebody love you? Mm -hmm. You know, if just, I keep going back to the example of our Tift, but you know, you loved yourself enough to say, mm-hmm. I didn't like this. Mm-hmm. And I loved you enough to say, okay, how can we move forward? Yes. You know, and it's like, if you don't love yourself and speak from that place of abundance, you don't really give, the, you're, you don't give people around you the opportunity people who love you let me say that because there are some toxic people out there but people who love you you don't give them the opportunity to love you Mm. and when you love yourself and you speak from that abundance that same energy it just comes back but Mm -hmm. if you hide things away you know and you're always kind of just like timid and and all of that it's it'd be the most timid people I feel like that have the biggest problems, and I'm t- speaking for myself because I would run away from conflict, and conflict would just come knocking at my door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so right now I'm learning to just be comfortable with just being myself, and it's really helpful because now when I anticipate or not anticipate but when I receive conflict I'm able to move from a place of abundance because I know that I love myself even though I'm not perfect yes and it's okay that I'm not perfect it's okay that I make mistakes because I know that I have the capacity to do better and to be better because I love myself Mm -hmm. and so it's good to 
yes, be selfish in that sense where it all starts with self-fullness. I think I've heard that term. It's not necessarily selfish, it's self-full. I love that. Perfect. I just want to share um, our way of dealing with conflict in the future. We decided to come up with a safe word that we would use to just say, okay, this is it. Let's just talk out things right now so that we don't perpetuate the same cycle right. of like keeping things in. Creating and a then, safe space. Exactly. A safe space so that 12 years later, we're not here having <laughs> another family meeting about all of our problems. <laughs> Because that was it. Like, when we had our family meeting, Fee was like, okay, so in 2011 and 2012 and in this year, (laughs) we want to avoid that. So we have decided, okay, we're going to have a time where we express this. And you know what? I was actually listening to Kev on stage and Liz on the Love Hour podcast. They were talking about having, like, relationship check-ins with each other on a daily basis, which I love that idea. Um, I just, like, on a daily basis, just, like, in the night, you know, before bed, let's just check in. Like, how are you feeling? What's going on? Just to make sure that we're all, like, good on the same page, you know, and that we're not harboring on things that didn't happen. And that in that time when we do that check-in, it's, like, no judgment, no nothing. But I feel like we were able to establish, as I said earlier, that we're a fam. We're just moving on. We're doing better individually. And so we're want, we want to translate that into our friendship as well. And I think that's great for anyone who's struggling with your relationship or your friends to implement too. You know, we need to create safe spaces where we feel like we can express however we're feeling without judgment, without fear of like, abandonment that they're going to leave or whatever like that well guys thank you so much for that discussion it was awesome thank you for having me (laughs) thank you for having me as well i'm so excited please invite me to come back of course well okay we're not finishing yet because we have our last segment which is going to be (laughs) you're like oh wait what (laughs) are what god has taught me okay so um Right, and in the end of every podcast, I like to end it on a positive note with maybe some kind of lesson that I've learned um, throughout the week. So I can start. Um, So for me, you know, actually, God spoke to me this morning through my devotion. Um, So I've been doing um, my devotional studies lately on women in the Bible. And so this... This time I've been studying Hannah um, and her story in the Bible and so many lessons to learn from Hannah. But one thing that came out to me specifically this morning was that Hannah was in a lot of pain. She was really struggling. You know, she wanted to have a child and she was not able to have that. And not only that, but she was being provoked by this other, the other wife you know, um, for years. And so she was struggling. She was really, really suffering. Um, and there was a point when Hannah came to God and she was praying and she was like, Lord, if you just hear me, just remember me, look and listen to my anguish and remember me and please like give me this son. But what I, what I, what really stood out to me in my study this morning was that 
Hannah suffered for many years, but her faith in God never seemed to waver. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, we see that one prayer that she had, you know, but I know that she was praying about this the whole time to God. And when we see that final prayer, God answered her like the next day. Like literally the next day is when she was able to conceive her son. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, Fia, about timing, it's so amazing. But for me, it's like, it just reminds me, God is hearing and answering our prayers. He hears us and maybe we're praying the same prayer for years and years and years. And I mean, like right now, I feel like I relate so much to Hannah because I'm in a lot of suffering right now. I'm really struggling. And honestly, I don't know when that struggle is going to end. But just knowing that God still hears me and at any moment, if I, I can say to God, just remember me and knowing that that's a promise that he will fulfill I feel like I can do anything, you know, it really just is a great reminder in the days when I feel like I can't, like when I have no energy and I have no desire or motivation, I'm just reminded, you know what? God is listening. He's listening. He's always there. And that's what I kind of want to, you know, bring with me for the rest of time. So that's my lesson for the week. What about you guys? Yeah, if I can just add to what you were saying, Dania, um, God is such an awesome God. Um, And so for me, um, since the new year started, I've been studying God's timing. They are something that I have been um, praying about. And it seems like I've been praying this prayer for years. Um, But um, what I've been studying is God's timing. And I've been looking at different scripture in the Bible um that kind of relate to god's timing is it okay if i share one yeah okay so this one um it wasn't from today but this was one that i i really really like um it's from isaiah 25 verse 1 and it's from the international children's version lord you are my god i honor you and praise you you have done amazing things and you have always done what you said you would you have done what you have planned long ago. Um, and I really appreciate that verse because this week um, I started my my class um, for grad school um, for the spring semester. Um, assignments were, I had to get grades in for my students. Um, I knew that my friends were coming this weekend and it just seemed like everything was like piling up on me. And um, God reminded me like how like amazing he really is because um, the assignment, so I had an assignment due earlier uh, this week and I think I was on the phone with you, Dania, and I was panicking. I was like, man, I'm not gonna have everything done in time. And then the Lord just whispered to me, it's not that big of a deal. I'm going to help you get through. Look what I've done for you in the past. You have three more semesters of grad school. You're in the second half of the school year with your students. Your students have gotten the hang of what's your expectations, virtual learning. You know what I mean? Like God has just reminded me, like if he did it before, 
he can do it again. That Ty Trivet song. If he did it before, he can do it again. Hey, okay. <laughs> um, and I think that was a lesson that I've learned this week is the same God that answered Hannah's prayer yes. is the same God that's going to answer your prayer, that's mm-hmm. going to be answering my prayer. And just that, that sweet reminder of there's a God that he is there. Not there is a God. There is God who sits on his throne and he hears the humble prayers, the faithful prayers of his people. He yes. may not come when you want it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm learning with this whole timing, um, God's timing. And I think I've mentioned it at the beginning of mm-hmm. of this podcast that God's timing is the perfect timing. And I don't want to rush God's timing. Yes. Um, and so, I mean, I'm just in like in a really good mood, you know, just with that whole worship that I've been experiencing these last couple of weeks. And uh, I think it's great. I and that. I want to continue, you know, moving forward in the word of God. What about you, Annie? I think God has taught me that I'm not alone. Even when I think I'm alone, I'm not alone. And my friendship with both of you has certainly been a testament to that. And right now, I'm kind of existing in a state of limbo, um, which is not where anybody wants to be. But I'm learning how to just slow down and be okay with with being where I'm at and, and knowing that even if I don't know the future, everything is going to be okay. And even if I'm not okay, it is going to be okay. Yes. You know what is really interesting is that I always used to tell this to my clients too, like even if everything is perfect, like let's say you have like a great job and you have the husband and you have the family you still don't know what's going to happen tomorrow like Mm -hmm. we never know what's going to happen tomorrow so why is it that when things are going really terribly we think even worse like the worst is going to happen tomorrow because the truth is we never know nothing is guaranteed so all we have is now and we determine what we're going to do with that now if we're going to be okay with whatever it is we're in right now, or we're going to continue to freak out over something that we can't even control. Right. You know, and that's something I'm learning too. Um, Annie, like what you said about, I think I said that in a couple of um, episodes ago, actually about not being alone and just like being okay, just with whatever it is, you know, I mean, this is essentially the essence of the pot of this entire podcast. <laughs> I am not okay. I'm just being okay with that. Yeah, I just wanted to add, you were saying about being present right there in that moment. I I remember this quote I heard on the radio station or somewhere where the past is history, the uh, the future is a mystery, and the present is a gift. And Mm -hmm. we have to live in the gift in that moment. Um, We can't can't worry about what happened yesterday, and we can't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. All we Mm -hmm. can do is just focus on being the best now right the power of now by eckhart tolle (laughs) you guys should read it (laughs) okay free plug there we go from um, (laughs) (laughs) yes all right guys so that is the official end of this 
episode. I, at, once again, I'm so glad that you guys um, joined me on the podcast and are open, have been open and vulnerable with sharing your things. Like I told you guys before, I'm putting myself out there, but you guys don't have to put, out, put yourselves out there. But the fact that you guys did and that you you know, wanted to share, even though I know for you guys, it probably was really difficult. It means so much to me because that is essentially, again, that's the whole purpose of the episode is to talk things through, to be able to grow, you know, and, and hopefully help anyone who's listening, who might be dealing with the same stuff that we're dealing with. So thank you guys for joining me. And yeah, we will definitely do this again at some point in the future. So yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And there goes our episode for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed recording it with my besties. Stay tuned next Tuesday for another episode of I Am Not Okay With Day. Until then, bye.